Welcome to the Design and Style Podcast, a podcast for designers by designers. And I'm your co-host, Rachel Moriarty, and I'm here with Dixie Willard. Dixie Willard. Today, we have a topic that we um, will be doing a series on. So this Mm is uh, part one. Um, but it's called decorating mistakes that everyone makes. So there is, you know, obviously as designers, we're going into people's homes and doing our initial consults. And in those initial consults, there's usually, uh, I would say almost, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of these mistakes are happening in almost everybody's home, unless they're an, a decorating enthusiast and they mm-hmm. maybe are, you know, studying some of the stuff or, you know, maybe read it on Pinterest or read blogs and keep up on some of this stuff. I think that if, unless you know it, that you're probably making a lot of these mistakes yourself. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes even having the knowledge doesn't necessarily mean that you're not making those mistakes too. True that, true that. So the first um, point we have is hanging items too high. <laughs> uh, we, this is a designer's, uh, one of the, I think probably one of the biggest pet peeves we have yeah. is walking into um, a space where everything is just really close to the ceiling. And um, another thing too is not grouping them. So uh, sometimes I'll see like an eight by 10, you know, mm-hmm. frame way up here by the ceiling and then maybe like another one way down the wall uh-huh. and they're not like talking to each other, related to each other in any way <laughs> and couldn't be. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't like you. I don't know you. I don't I'm want to stay, know you. <laughs> I'm going to stay on this side of the wall. You stay over there on that side of the wall. We're just going to uh, agree to disagree, Mr. Other Picture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the rule of thumb that we talk about usually is eye level. Yep. Yeah. You want to tell tell <laughs> tell how tall your husband is and what his My eye level is? Six four. And at six four, his eye level is not the same as my eye level, which is five uh, I'm five six. And his mom is five two. That's me. So, I'm five yep. two. Yep not all the same eye level. So when we talk about eye level, we're not talking about one person's eye level in the house. Cause trust me, it's going to not be right for everybody. You're, you're looking for an um, average. You want an average eye level, which is about, what would you say? Five, four ish. Five, four. Well, <laughs> Looking at my artwork going, maybe. <laughs> at any rate, it should be a normal height. Um, Are you saying that 6'4 isn't a normal height? Yeah, I always that's, say, that's yeah, <laughs> my husband's over six feet and I'm 5'2 and I always say we live in diff- different hemispheres. Yes. So, yeah. Um, you know, somewhere in there is a happy medium between, you know, let's say between um, 6'2 and 5'2. In between there is that that average eye uh, level that Dixie's talking about. Um, and when I, I'm 5'2, so when I hang my art, I, I am not a measurer when I do it. I'm a very intuitive art hanger. And so for me, what I've, because I've always been my height, so I know that I just hold the picture up and slightly above my eye level. And that way I know that if my husband or your husband were to come in, they would just slightly lower their gaze. Um, 
And so if you're that perfect average height, you don't have to do anything. You just walk you just in. just go straight you. forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know anybody that perfect height, but if you are, you're set. You are set for life. So, and speaking of grouping things, now if we're grouping things together, maybe bringing this picture over here that didn't want to talk to that other picture, maybe they kind of actually do work together. Bring them in closer. You don't want to have just like a little postage stamp over here and one over there. You want to have them closer. And the grouping needs to, the center of the grouping needs to be closer to eye level instead of, it doesn't have to be both pictures or if you want that, fine, but it doesn't have to be just. So you're talking like a gal, if you're doing a gallery wall or something like that. Even, even like that lovely grouping you have behind you. If you're, if you're watching the video, you, you can see that if you're not watching the video, if you can, if you're watching, you can see it. Um, if you're not watching the video, Rachel has a lovely round, um, bookshelf behind her flanked by two pictures and it's the center of the grouping. Now, if it was just two items, maybe one on top of each other, it, it doesn't have to be a full-on gallery wall. It can be. True. But True. even if it's just a couple of, of pieces grouped together, um, you want them to collectively be eye level. Eye level. Yeah, because if you're stacking one, if you're working on a vertical wall, mm-hmm. narrow vertical wall, and you're stacking one over the other, you can't have the bottom one at eye level and then one up right. way exactly. in the northern hemisphere exactly. so yeah definitely definitely play with that and what's comfortable um do you know Vern Yip yes heard of him? he came out with mm-hmm. this great book and it's a beautiful book I forgot what it's called but he has measurements for everything if you were a decorating really? enthusiast he has the measurement. I am super intuitive. I don't do the measurements, even though my, me- I bet if you measured my stuff, it would probably come to exactly mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I was, I picked up his book and it's beautiful. Um, the photographs are gorgeous, but what it is, it's, it's all these. Um, so for a person like you that loves numbers, <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I don't hang artwork like that. You don't? No, you're I'm, an intuitive hanger. I'm intuitive too. for the artwork. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's it's a great for anybody who, awesome. who says, just give me the number. Is it hanging at 68 yes. inches or whatever? Yes. Um, that would be my husband. That, for him, yes. that would be perfect. Do it's it the perfect mm-hmm. book. It tells you to ha- your lighting and everything. So um, that is a great book to pick up from Vern Yip. Um, Shameless, shameless little plug for Vern. Yeah, no, he is not a sponsor. Um, but we love him. But we love him. We love us some Vern. The second one that we're uh, decorating mistake is um, pushing all the furniture against the wall. I have been in some big rooms. Yes. And I will walk in and all of the furniture is against the wall. And there's like a dance floor in the middle <laughs> practically with absolutely nothing on it. And, you know, I, as soon as I walk in, I start thinking about like, well, what if, what about like during holidays or what if they have people over and, you know, you've got one person over on this wall and another person over and that's, that's when they bring out the disco ball down from the ceiling and use that dance floor as a dance floor. There you go. They must do that because, uh, yeah, a lot of people are doing that in their homes and their family rooms. Um, 
and you want to be able to have conversations. You want to create this conversation area across the right? room. Yeah. 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 Especially with these multiple pieces of furniture. Um, and a rug, an area rug is a great way to anchor those spaces, especially if you've got this huge square room. Mm -hmm. You know, it will make the room feel cozier. There'll still be plenty of room to walk around and get around everybody. And then you've create this cozy conversation place. And um, it's just not awkward. This, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why people do that. <laughs> I think it's because that they don't realize that there are more options out there or they just don't know what to do. That A lot of us do things that our parents did, honestly. True. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So all the furniture against the wall, of course, there is the caveat um, on that one because we do understand that there are some small homes. Yes. Um, Dixie and I both live in small homes and mine is sort of rectangular shape. So I do have my furnishings against the wall, but there is depth to them too. Mm -hmm. It's not just everything flat against the wall. I do create um, depth in my room. So there is a way to balance that if you, that is the only thing that you can do in your floor plan. So don't think that we're saying you can never, cause I've seen that problem too. People have heard that they can't put things up against the wall. And so they pull them in and it doesn't make sense because the space is already on the cozy side. Yes. So exactly. Okay. Both ways. It's okay. Um, the third one is not valuing your existing items. And so for me, I am a, a, well, I'm certified as an interior redesigner. So usually what I do is I go in and work with um, existing spaces and existing items. So where Dixie likes to do the builder stuff where she, you know, likes to be on construction sites and put up the walls and all that stuff. Um, oh, did you see me? I just literally bored myself. I kind of floated <laughs> off. So talking about that. That was so weird. Did you see me do that? I did. It was kind of funny. <laughs> Even just talking about that, I can't, does not hold my attention. It is so crazy. Um, I go in and I start once the four walls are up and I start with the paint and with people's uh, existing inventory. And a lot of times I'll go in and they are not valuing what they have. And a lot of this stuff is so meaningful. It's bit, you know, family members have passed it on to them or they've, you know, maybe it's your first big piece of furniture you and your husband mm -hmm. bought. It might not be your style today, but there are ways to repurpose it to make it work in your home today. So when I see that, my heart breaks a little bit every time. Um, what about you, Dix? Do you deal with that oh, as well? A absolutely. Bit? And between the moving that I've done and seeing people who've been, especially people who have traveled quite a bit and ha gotten pieces of furniture here and there, sometimes after a while, um, the pieces that they got don't mean quite as much. And it, it just makes me sad because they've got these incredible pieces that really, there's nothing wrong with the pieces and they're actually still attached to them when you hear the stories. They just need to showcase them in a different way. Yes. Yes. That's what it's, absolutely. You need somebody who is talented at taking those stories and that item and reconnecting yes. back to you in your daily life now, which is, uh, I guess, would be one of our superpowers. What do you think? I would say so. Yeah. Because I've had people, when I'm done with their spaces, literally 
cry because, and, and not, you know, not like that HGTV cry, but <laughs> somehow I'm, you know, finding something and showcasing it. And then they come into the room and they're like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden they're like, how did you know my grandmother's blah, 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 whatever, uh, you know, was so meaningful and whatever, maybe I found it in a cabinet or found it put away in a closet or something like that. And I just thought, you know, maybe I'll bring this front and center and, you know, just kind of made everything work. Um, mm -hmm. And they're, they're crying. I mean, there, there is, like you said, there is that connection, but there is, they haven't showcased it. They haven't put it out intentionally. And so that is, you know, really take a look at your own inventory that you have now and uh, don't poo poo it, you know, be, yeah. Have a little gratitude and um, think of ways that you can, you know, if you have to repurpose it, you know, I do that all the time. I take a, you know, a nightstand and bring it into a living room or turn this into something else. And um, I'm always doing that with uh, like buffets. I'm turn I'll take the top drawers out and I'll have it repainted and I'll turn it into a media chest, stick some mm -hmm. holes, holes in the back and, you know, make it hold components. There's all kinds of things that you can do. Um, so if it's something is meaningful to you, please keep it and try to repurpose it. Yes. And, and <laughs> think about the fact that sometimes it just needs a different space to live in. You're, it's, it's not, it may not be happy in that space where you have it. It needs a different space. Yeah. And it, a lot of these items aren't super valuable. I mean, I have items that we've inherited that I would, I could not touch because they're $10,000 or whatever. You can't, there are some that, but they are some that are more meaningful um, than valuable. Mm -hmm. And in that case, you can do some changes to it. Um, even sometimes switching out, updating the knobs on it or the drawer well, That poles. makes a huge difference. Huge difference. If the wood is in great shape, mm -hmm. but maybe, you know, the knobs are outdated or something, you know, right now, brass is having a huge moment. If you add some brass on something, it's going to really update it, you know. I don't know if it's having a moment for you, but it's having a moment for me. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's having a big moment for me, but maybe. <laughs> Design I'm and slow style. When it comes. Design and style, everyone. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so that's that was point three. Um, point four is trying to... Um, like copy a neighbor or maybe oh. even um, a certain designer. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times we have these great design bloggers on Instagram and I, I love their feeds. I mean, I see some of these designers that do these white airy rooms with mm -hmm. white furniture and layers of texture, but it's so white and yes, it's beautiful and it looks so amazing on an Instagram feed. But that would be weird if I lived in one of those homes, you know, because I'm such a colorful person yeah. and so saturated in my colors and my global influences, like from living in the Middle East and spending a lot of time in Mexico, all of those are part of my story and part of me. And that would just be weird if I lived in a white, you know what I mean? It would just I'm, be I'm so trying to picture it right now. And it just makes me sad to think about you trying to live in a white box. Like that. And not just because you have, you know, a small child, but also because it's, you're just so bright and bubbly and colorful and bold that, yeah, no. I, and that's actually something that my husband had to learn was that just because I appreciate something in a picture or in a store or something like that does not mean that I feel like I need to have it and live with it. 
because your home needs to tell your story, not, I mm -hmm. love, here's a perfect example. I absolutely love going to ca castles and cathedrals and architecture from um, medieval times. And yeah, no, I don't want to live like that. I'm not a big goopy ornate gilded gold no no but i love to visit probably it. some brass in there just <gasps> <saying>. oh no <laughs> never mind i don't like it <laughs> absolutely and i you know I'm funny because there's all kinds of parts of me. I've spent a decade in um, Cognac, France. You spent some time in Europe too. Um, I do have these, you know, like you look behind me, you see a lot of Mexican influence, you see some modern uh, lines, but I do have, I have Chinoiserie Antique Desk, I have Louis the Sixteenth Chairs, you know, uh, I have a lot of this stuff that you see in old European, so my style is definitely eclectic, but all of this stuff does tell my story of where I've been and what I love, mm -hmm. and I love, you know, I haven't been back to France in a long time, but those things are ways that I can live with, have a little bit of France. Yes with me and my home on the daily. So we still, okay. <laughs> we're still last, sorry, I don't know what, I thought we were frozen for a minute. We've been having some internet issues. The last point we have, this is another one that, oh, we could just go on forever, is rugs, girl. Yeah. Rugs that are too small. Or too big, because I've seen that too, and it's just sad. Have you seen too big? I, I never seen like too this big. giant rug, not nowhere near as often as the other way around. Yeah. Giant yeah. rug with like just a teeny tiny little dining table or kitchen table and chairs oh. where it looks a little out of place. But yeah, for the yeah. most part, it's the other way around. The rug. It's the postage stamp rug that yeah. barely like the, the coffee table barely fits on it mm -hmm. floating in front of the sofa. Yep. Yep. And it, the rug is there to help bring things together. You don't want it to just float. It needs, it's there to help ground things. Let it ground. Mm-hmm anchor like it's like an island I always think of it as an island and everything has to touch the island a little bit so what yeah. yeah I'm just I'm just suddenly pictured you, d the game that we used to play as a kid when you had to like you had to touch it but not touch you know what I mean I can't even what game was that I can't think oh. of it either but there was <laughs> yeah exactly like that only you know with furniture wants to be, all your furniture wants to be on the island and yes. so that's why we say you don't have to buy a rug large enough to go under your sofa but the front of your sofa at least has yes. to touch the rug if you have a couple of um, armchairs those have to touch the rug mm -hmm. you know everything that's the kind of glue that holds everything together so and if it's a table and chairs that you have, they, you do need enough space to be able to pull out the chairs, but you don't want the chairs to fall off. You don't want the chairs to fall off and you don't want them to be able to pull out so that six people could stand in a line in a choo-choo train behind you and still be on the rug. Balance. That would be terrible. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be absolutely hor horrific. Clearly, I have <laughs> childhood games stuck in my head for some reason. I'm just so, playing today. So we wanted to talk about a couple of these, you know, we, for me, um, I, 
we make some of these mistakes in our own home. Yeah. A lot of times for me, it's because of, I have the same issues as my clients. I have budget issues. And so even though I have downsized homes, I would love to go out and buy the right scale sofa. I have a, a sofa that's probably too big for my, not probably, I know it's too big. Um, but it was a custom sofa. It was super expensive, you know, and I do the same thing my clients do. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, if I can't go out and buy the same quality sofa, I'm not going to go out and buy, you know, replace my, you know, big, you know, quality sofa, right. smaller, cheap sofas. And so, um, that's the mistake that's going on. One of the many, I'm sure I've tons, probably tons <laughs> of um, but that's one of my big mistakes in my home right now. What about you? I've got the something hung too high and that was my own fault. My husband asked me very nicely to measure things out and I got flustered and frustrated because I was trying to do a whole bunch of stuff at once and I marked these holes for the sconces in the um, living room. He drilled the holes and I looked at them and realized they should have been about six inches lower. Ooh, and six inches. Is yeah, a lot. it's it's way off. So while I would tell my clients, "Oh, we'll just we'll, we'll just forward, it. it'll be fine." Yeah. I, on the other hand, am going. I don't want to patch holes in the wall, and then I don't want to have to hear about it because you know he asked me to measure them, and he put the holes exactly where I told him where they were marked. But I was in a hurry and didn't do my due diligence and make sure they were exactly where I really, truly wanted them. So, Well, the other mistake you made before that was your, her husband actually had to make her hang the art. Yeah, well, there's that too. <laughs> Which is another thing that we see a lot is we go into clients' home and they have art. They have stuff that they're not displaying. Um, either they're afraid to hang it wrong or they've made it too precious or... Um, or, or like me, it's just become a tradition. Um, the, joke, the running joke in my family was always that, oh, mom's put the artwork up. It must be time to move. Uh because it never failed whether it was on, I mean, it was never on purpose, but within about um, three months of us, of me finally putting stuff up on the walls and having, having everything the way I wanted it, we would get orders. So I think for me, it just became a thing of, well, I don't want to have to move again. So I'm just going to wait. And so yeah. when we moved here, my husband said, now we're not moving again. We're here for quite a while. Okay. Don't wait. We're going to put this stuff up right now. And so he went downstairs, got the hardware and said, okay, I've got the, I've got the drill. I've got the hammer. We're ready to go. And which is great. I mean, that is great just to hear about that trigger. Um, yeah. Because that is a lot of the mistakes in our homes, you know, whether they be budget, mm -hmm. budget issues or, you know, that is a, that's a trigger, you know, you putting up the art, which in the past signified, you know, you guys packing up and moving again. Yeah. Um, so we get it. I mean, definitely, we just want to share with you that we get it. We live it ourselves. <laughs> and uh you know, that's why working with a design professional or, you know, we sometimes we even call ourselves design coaches because we just kind of yes. get you, you know, especially if you've got that trigger, mm -hmm. emotional trigger, we get you where you really want to be because you really want to live with your stuff. You really want your artwork displayed because it's so much nicer mm -hmm. to live among 
it's, stuff you love. I love, and exactly. I love all of the pieces that I have. I got them for a reason and having them up makes me so incredibly happy. Especially was, for a military family, I would think it would yes. make your house feel like home finally yes. when you're at a new city in a new home. Absolutely. And, yeah. So, and if you're moving it from home to home and maybe even country to country, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, definitely live with your stuff. So I guess in this particular case, my husband fulfilled the role of design professional saying, okay, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Let's get this taken care of and you'll be happier with it the way once, once you fix what you're doing wrong. Yeah. My case was not putting anything on the wall. So yeah, sometimes we have to be coached too. Yes. Absolutely. We need someone to take our hand and, and bring us through the process. I would love to be able to say I am the perfect designer who never needs any help at all, but... I don't think we've met any of those. We have a lot of design professional friends, and yeah, we all have the same. Everybody needs a little help sometimes. Exactly. And I think that wraps everything up. That's, I think that does. Yeah, but like we said, though, this is going to be a series because... Hmm? There are, we could, we stopped at five, but I'm, I, I'm sure now that we've talked about it, I will, I'll be like, oh, I want to talk about that design mistake I make in my house too. Absolutely. <laughs> and we would love to hear from you about design mistakes that you see all the time or things that just drive you absolutely nuts. So feel free to hop on over to um, the Design and Style podcast on Facebook or not just the page, but also the group where you can even hit us up on design and style podcast on Instagram. Absolutely. All right, you guys have a great day. Thanks. And we'll talk to you next time.